We are just winging it. I'm John Abdullah. And, and I'm, I'm here Patrick. With Patrick Green. Who I can't actually, I can't see you. I can't see you. You're about to reveal something to me, and I'm, I'm just like waiting to be um, shocked. Should I turn my video on, John? Uh, I mean, you tell me. I have no idea when is the right moment because I don't know what I'm about to see. That's true. Well, I'm here about to find out because it is, I might, I might be, I might not be. This is Patrick Green, and I came here uh, prepared for (laughs) a little one-upsmanship. John, I just have. Uh, Are you holding? Uh, have you been holding that the whole time? So yes, Patrick I've been standing holding, here. It looks like a collection of toy guitars. No, there's um, there's legitimate there's they're, legitimate they're, guitars. Okay, now there's it looks Jude's right. very nice uh, handmade ukulele. Micro okay, that was throwing guitar. me. It's off. not a ukulele, I thought, John. I thought you were. J- what what is it? It's, it's not a, a, it's a it's a one quarter scale actual acoustic guitar. It's very nice. Yeah, but it strings. has four strings. Oh, three, three strings. strings. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. that's not a ukulele. A ukulele no, has four strings. That's but... true. Guitars also have have six strings. So I guess it's a git or an R, maybe a half and a half. I don't know. It's 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 a pedagogy tool. It's a really nice. I don't want to make you just stand there and keep holding them. So good. Show me the rest. I, I want to see. I, I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got my electric guitars. I got my acoustic, and I have this thing. And now I'm actually stuck here because I can't move without unplugging all of my equipment. But the the idea was, you know. I'm, every single time we connect, your guitar yeah. is more and more prominently placed. Right. Um, although you're sitting down now, so I can't really see So it's it. actually not. I'm actually so being actually, quite humble this time around. You have, yeah. And uh, and I just wanted to just, you know, just, just express solidarity Rub it in my with face. you and let you know. What do you I have, have there? I like want to see. So is that, that's a Gibson? Guitars. This is a, it's a, no, it's an Epiphone. It's Epiphone, a, okay. It's a Les yep. Paul Jr. Yep. It's a nice, nice guitar, single, single humbucker. I have my my old Strat, which is similar to yours, John. Let me see. Actually. Yeah, this is this is the first guitar I ever got. This is my Mexican Stratocaster. All right. See, what is I that black love. or is it? I couldn't it's tell black. if it was a. Okay. Yeah, I can't nice. move Classic. it because I have so many guitars in my hands. You can't go and wrong. Then I have I have this ancient What's your Mitchell acoustic? acoustic, which I can't Mitchell. move right now. Uh, this is and I have a Yamaha a nylon string acoustic on the floor. And then I have this, like I said, this Lug student guitar that Jude's yeah. learning on, which I think would be fun. You know, is maybe he learning right now? Yeah, yeah. It comes oh, with really cool instructions. Let's talk about kids. yes. Can we please so let's talk do an episode about, on that? Yeah. I, I, you need to help me because you know you, you're a musician and I'm just yeah. like someone who's practicing at this at a, as a you're mutating into one as a mid-aged hobbyist. So um, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, let me just crash around for a second so I can put my guitars down, and then I'm going to be able to concentrate. Just give me give me one minute of total chaos, okay? You take your time with that chaos, and while you're doing that, since you're still listening to me and I have the microphone, uh, you know, in full use right now, you can't actually. Speak. Hang on, do you want to see the sticker um, on the back of this one? Watch me. Uh uh uh. Do not remove stickers. Cover bird crap. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's fine. That was my humor as a twelve year old. Uh, it, are you suggesting, I was just going to say, have you outgrown it? Cause I don't think so. Um, so speaking of birds and animals, I'll use that as the segue. Mm. Uh, I know you're all wondering about my cat update. I feel like that has to be a regular thing now to make sure my cat's still breathing. Yeah. Um, like a life check, like a life alert. She is. Rose is still breathing and doing fine. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, but I, well, so I, I, I haven't experienced this oddity of, of cat. Maybe other cat people have experienced this before. But, you know, I'm, of course, used to a cat sleeping at, at my feet at the bed, right? At the end of the bed. That's like a classic spot where an animal might mm-hmm. sleep. Um, so she does do that some nights. But lately she's taken to uh, actually borrowing under the covers and going by our feet. But it, But she won't do it until we're dead asleep. And so we've been waking up in the middle of the night to just like some claws at our at our feet oh yeah and i'm like bethany you need to cut your nails you know and then i'll and then i'm like oh yeah i have a cat now and 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 part of me i'm i'm um just 
I, I the first thing that's coming to my head is like, is she alive down there, or am I just kicking like dead limp claws? Right. Be- because can she of breathe? Of course, that's the first thing that comes to your well, mind, John. W- Something you know, about pets for you. You go right to death with these things. <laughs> well, we it's sleep crazy. I, I've not experienced a cat borrowing under all of the covers. We sleep with yeah. like a down comforter. It's like fucking lead, yeah. you know, heavy. So I'm like, can she breathe down there? Yeah. And then she's just got feet in her face. And like, I don't understand the the appeal to doing that. Well, the um, thing with a cat is if a cat can't breathe, that cat will claw its way through the sheets and also your femoral artery <laughs> in an attempt to get out. Like cat, cats will not That's just a good like point. sit there That's and a good take point. it. You know? I don't know if I feel better about that though, because as soon as she starts, you know, realizing she can't breathe well she's just gonna claw away at us that's true you might all die which would be that's super true. weird you know but it's not very comfortable to wake up in the middle of the night to claw like she does that fun you know what's fun during the day but at night when you're trying to sleep not so much fun which is as soon as you move your foot she's like you know it she it's like it's a mouse yeah, or something I, I hate that ripley does that shit all the time um, and, it, and it's terrible so does ripley burrow like that though under the covers she so ripley you know Ripley, as we like to say, is from the streets. It's a little <laughs> bit hard to to really discern some of her behaviors sometimes because yeah. because in general, I would characterize her as different. I would say different. she's a little bit she's a little bit different. Aren't all cats, um, you know, their own kind of unique snowflakes? They are or all sweet generous, but I got to say, this particular one, Ripley, so so she does love to mutilate our feet at night, and that, that has been a, a constant issue. And seriously, like. I mean, she's not playing. She's actually attacking them, and then we wake oh, up okay. screaming, and then we're yeah, like, "Oh th- my god, Ripley!" Thankfully, Rose is very sweet about it. Like, she's not actually trying to kill us. But well, she's young still, right? That is true. That Ripley could is of an indeterminate. We actually don't know how old she is. We kind of think she's five, but it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. tell because, again, she's from the streets. But she, what, what she'll do is uh, every single night, the exact same pattern happens. And and I gotta say, in the a course of lovemaking, this has been consistently <laughs> fucking annoying. So so. The thing with Ripley is that if a door closes her off into any space, she will go crazy trying to get the door to open. Yeah, she must have been yeah. like locked in something when she was homeless or something, but she has some like weird thing with doors. So if a door closes, even if it's not locked or anything, <laughs> but if it like latches shut, she will just start like running into it over and over and over <laughs> and slamming it as hard as she can and meowing. And, and Straight out of a noises. horror movie, you know. Yeah, she's like basically starting, Cujo. Her head know? is dented into the thing, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. Breaking through. And it's very, it's distracting, right? So, so you know, that would be distracting in the course of going to sleep or trying to, you know, make some whoopee, right? Yes. We will typically whoopee. leave the door unlatched, which is, of course, a little bit freaky because there's children upstairs, you know, yes. who will someday listen to this show <laughs> and wonder uh, and, and be mortified by it. That but is anyway, true. So, so we have to let her into the room in some way, or else we will be up all night. Right. Um. I'm saying this, by the way, as Luna is pounding on my door to my office right now. Cr- I literally have the animals barricaded. are just yeah all I'm, around it, you. It's like the birds with Hitchcock, but with <laughs> our pets. Anyway, so so Ripley, so she has to come in and come out, and what she does is she. So we have it shut like all the way, but without latching. She'll come in and slam her ass against the door, so it swings open and hits the wall, which is just yeah. great, very romantic, right? And then Mike <laughs> and I will be laying, you know, under the covers and having this like nice intimate time, and then I will have an anus in my face because she will always <laughs> come and sit immediately right up to our face, and then turn around and put her ass right in it. And she it's just, just wants disgusting. A, she wants a piece of the action. Patrick. She wants a piece of the action. I know. She she's like, you know, I want what they're doing. I'm like, <laughs> It's disgusting. And and then and so then what happens is then we're in this scenario where Micah and I are scared because Ripley, as I've said, does not hold back. Like she doesn't play yeah. games. She yeah. she plays to kill, right? Right. So we have to move this anus out of our face on this cat whose claws are out for some fucking reason. 
fucking Wolverine. Who, like, is maybe affectionate, but is mostly threatening. And we have to, like, move her. But if we shift our weight, what she does is she screeches, she claws us, <laughs> she leaps across the room, goes out of the door, and, like, is, like, skidding on the hardwood, right? Yeah. And then she, like, kind of makes her way back again. And we're like, God fucking damn it, Ripley, just chill out. Like, just go have do you, some, um, have a hobby. You know what I mean? Have you considered euthanasia? Yeah, I, I know where to look if, if if that's on the table, John. Yeah, I'm I'm very confident. I'm just Josh, and I'm just Josh. But that that's so that's no, she's cute. Me. But she's she's terrifying at night. It's, and that it's, doesn't it's a night surprise thing, me. Though. It's a night yeah. thing, John. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all because that's cats, right? Like cats yeah. are just notoriously they've got attitude and uh, they're just gonna do what they're gonna do, and and you know you love and hate them for that. But there have been times where I've thought we had a home invasion in progress, and I've like <laughs> leapt out of bed ready to like go crazy, and it's just Ripley locked in the hat closet again for some reason. This like closet that we don't even remember we have because it's where like the weird boots and hats go in the hallway. The hat closet. It's yeah, purely and, and it, hats. That's how many it's, hats it's just there like are in mostly the Green hats. family. Yeah. We're a very hat heavy family. Yeah, it's like hats and weird boots and like old snow yes, things. Yes. And it's this thing that we never open, but Ripley somehow gets into it and then always gets locked in it and fucking goes crazy and she's pulling things down that are hanging up. <laughs> And it's like, and then we wake up and, and it's the sound of a, of like a 400 pound person, which would be a very heavy home invader. That um, is true. It's just yeah. Ripley in the closet. Anyway. Well, that's it. So we're just, you know, getting accustomed to Rose and her uh, unique, you know, personality and all. But thankfully yeah. she is very gentle, especially when it comes to kids. Like, you know, that's obviously a big deal having small kids around and a cat. Right, you know? right. Luke is still trying to like pick her up all the time, which, you know, uh, always results in me just screaming at him. Has um, it had a backfire yet, or that's been okay? It it hasn't. I mean, she puts up with it amazingly mm-hmm. well. You know, she does not at all ever try to attack them. The most she does is like the the little nip that's like gent, like you know, it's like tickles you. It's not, it doesn't right. hurt. Right. Um. So thankfully, she's good with them. But you know, I don't want her to like not like the thing that's so cute is we're always after Luke because he's like chasing her or picking her up or whatever, and we're always thinking like she just doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. But I've actually, I think she actually is playing with him because she, of all of us, like she ends up going into his bed the most at night. And it's the cutest yeah. damn thing when we, you know, we go to tuck him in. Well, he's showing her night. a lot of attention. You know? and, well, that's it. Exactly. She, He's showing her the most attention, I think, of anyone. And Grace adores her as well and is very gentle with her. But Luke is the most like, you know, just in her face. And of course, that's who she chooses. So like, we'll just go in there, you know, before we go to bed and and they're just like lying together in the bed and it's just the cutest thing that is so sweet but yeah. see, if if i went into our kids room and ripley was in bed with them i would be like micah call the police <laughs> i would be like she's from the streets we don't know what she's gonna do next we need help uh, yeah just pry her off yeah um speaking of hat closets i have to say that there are two exciting things that happened this weekend um for us uh and this will show you how low the low the bar is for excitement but one is that i after Bethany asking me to do this for so long for, you know, a year or whatever. I finally put some, installed some shelves in a closet. <laughs> Good for you. And it, I, I underestimated how life-changing that would be. Like, it's just a coat closet, you know, that also has yeah. hats and all that other shit. Primarily a hat um, closet. It's fine. But just by, like, a se- a section of it, you know, because this is a very large closet, right? It's, like, 300 square feet. Um, not not actually, but uh, it was just a bad <laughs> has, joke, I guess. It plumbing for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, you have a beautiful house. A little bathroom in there. You know. um, it's not actually a 300 square foot. It's, it's a decent-sized closet, but we put we put shelves in there. I would endorse this to anyone considering it, because this yeah. is what our lives are now in a pandemic, you know, just home projects. Micah's um, closet is actually, I think, maybe three. I'm going to measure it. It might be 300 square feet. <laughs> that's it is, awesome. It is enormous. Yeah, so, so you know, I don't, you know, who knows? Yeah, well, this is not at all that. But but having shelves, it's it's a game-changer. 
Yeah, I would really I would is. recommend it. So that was one exciting thing. The more exciting thing, my friend, is more that Grace and shelves. I know we oh got the God. announcement on Friday, and it started today. Grace is back at school every Woo! single every day. Um, every day in person every day it, it ends at one still you know okay. that which is what it was but but i mean i'll take it that's amazing so so that's been a big deal for us you know that's a like huge deal it actually for her you know this was her first year of school and so it's never felt totally like like that that transition you expect where your child is just at school all the time because she goes right. to daycare after school and she goes on the alternate weeks and so now She's at school every day and it just feels like this big moment, you know, all the other kids are going to be there with her now. And, um, so that's, that's exciting. She must be loving that. That's that normalcy, that routine, she, yeah, that like I sense think of dependability. The, the back and forth part, yeah, has been tough because she loves, absolutely loves going to daycare, um, still with Luke and some of her friends there, but it's hard because like you go, you know, a stretch without school and suddenly you're having to go back again and deal with the same anxiety of like you know, just getting back into that routine. So I'm, right. I'm excited. How are your kids doing? That is great. Uh, they're doing great. As of last week, Henry is officially going to be going into kindergarten next oh, year. Man. We, made, we pulled the decision plug on that. So we're going to do it. You pulled He's the decision be... plug. That's interesting. Yeah, that was weird. As I was saying it, I was like, wow, it sounds like we're taking him off life support. It does. <laughs> yeah. so, so to be fair, that's not what's happening. I want to <laughs> clarify that. If Ripley, the cat, were in charge, that might be what was happening. That is true. Is, yeah. No, we, we decided. Plot right out. We were going back and forth a little bit on whether to, whether not to, because Jude was already very young for for kindergarten, and there was this right. whole back and forth on whether or not it was a good idea. But Henry is three months younger than him. So Henry's October age. birthday, so... Exactly. But you had the option of sending him to kindergarten. We did, because the cutoff mm-hmm. was they must turn five before the end of December. Oh, interesting. So, okay, because a lot of communities, I think it is September, isn't it, that they use? I a think lot so. of places, yeah. yeah. And I think and because it might Jude be ours, is right yeah. at the end of August, that was sort of, you know, right. was it going to be okay? Was it not going to be okay? But here... It's okay. Yeah. And, you know, he's been taking these uh, phonics enrichment mm. classes lately. And, like, whoa, like, the change in his ability to really, I mean, to do a lot of things has just blown up. And he's also, like, he has he has phonics today, so he's, like, very excited about it. They're working on D's and E's today. He's, like, super Oh, man. Um, and I want to see him. I, w- I want to just hear him talk. Like, it's been so long, and I can only imagine <laughs> so cute. how much he's grown. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, and and his so he's just loving it, and he also is really loving school, like mm-hmm. just so much. And as I mentioned, he's very social. He really loves having friends. He's a really good kind of confident kid who doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't get shaken that easily by yeah. dynamics and things. And, and so he just really like every night he's like, man, I really miss my friends. I can't wait to see them tomorrow. And if it's a weekend, he's like, God damn it, why do I have to be in this house? <laughs> Like if you go to boarding school, he's got a fucking he crazy would. cat, and you know, yeah, crazy he has dad. a murderous feline around that, and a dad with guitars all over his body. Right. Um. <laughs> so, so he's really, uh, he's really excited about it, and so we figured we might as well, you know, embrace that and let him oh, do yeah. the experiment of going to school. Also, because there's this other calculus that a lot of parents can relate to, and that you will be able to relate to soon, which is that if they were, if if Henry was going into kindergarten next year while Jude is in third grade. That will mean that they will always overlap a bit in the schools. Yes. Which to me, especially for Henry's first year, that's something that like, I mean, he's just been so excited about that idea, but like getting on the bus together. Oh, totally. Luke, just as I was bringing him to daycare. Yeah. Just as I was bringing Luke to daycare today, he was, he was just kept going on and on about how much he can't wait to go to Grace's school. Yeah. Um, Right. And it's a similar thing, October birthday. So we're going to have to decide, um, you know, for us, he's only three, so it wouldn't be this year. Um, but 
But you're going to be in that position, though, next year. We, we will be, yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. So. so we figured it was was worth it from that angle, and, uh, and it seems to be good. And the, the reality is with kindergarten, you can always just do a second year of it, you know? Well, that's it, exactly. So, yeah, you can always do it again. Well, so, uh, you know, given uh, the time that we have now and the important topic we have, you know, we've talked about um, maybe some of the, the great things happening with our kids and how good they are, but now I want to talk about how shitty they can be. Let's um, do it. And... <laughs> Actually, it's going to end up, as always, turning on us and, and how shitty we can be. Um, but, uh, you know, th- I came up across this article. I should say Bethany shared it with me, which is often how this comes about, right? Um, because she's better than me and is more thoughtful about uh, how we should be better parents. That's true. But hang on. Uh, to be fair, your first reaction to your cat scratching your feet was that Bethany's nails are too long. <laughs> To which I'm wondering, how hairy are Bethany's ankles and feet that you would be that, that was, afraid? That was for, for comedic effect, to be clear. Okay, okay. Since Bethany will listen to this, I, I should true. say that. Yeah, yeah I'll okay. add that. Because unless she's a Wookiee, I mean, I, I feel like that would be, you know, yeah. <laughs> that would explain the strange noises ha- happening in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, anyway, no, she, yeah, she's better than you. I get it. That's true. She is better than me, un- yeah. unquestionably. So there are a couple articles that I want to talk about and we could probably share them in the notes after. Um, but they actually both stem from a new book that's out and maybe, maybe I'll even get around to reading that sometime and we can talk about it. But, um, you know, even without reading the book, there's some really interesting ideas, um, by Michaeline. I'm ho- I'm hopefully saying her name, right. Uh, Michaeline Duclef, um, who's an NPR science desk reporter and came out with this new book called hunt gather parent. What ancient cultures can teach us about the lost art of raising happy, helpful little humans can you um, uh, can you say her name again john michaeline duclef michaeline duclef that is michaeline. the most abhorrent french pronunciation <laughs> i've ever heard of i mean of bon- literally anybody i've ever heard Bongiorno. Say it's, it's, it's the michaeline. glorious bastards go ahead tell me how you're supposed to say it I, I would say Michelin Duclef, but I don't know. Fine, fine. I don't know where Michelin. she's from. Maybe she's just American and has this French Three surname. Three-star Michelin Mich- Duclef. Michelin. <laughs> yeah, she's a tire, actually. She's a Michelin tire. Anyway, go ahead. Um. Yeah, fine. I, I'll I've listen, read one of them. I've read I'll one of these I'll listen to articles. her on NPR after, and, and uh, we can confirm how it's pronounced. Okay, okay here's, so here's the deal. I'm actually really excited to get into this topic yeah. because, um, first of all, I want to paint this picture for you and tell me if you can relate. And I, 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 love you know, I imagine paint, our, our listeners could, you, you would never want me to paint anything. That's actually something else that um, Bethany's better at than you are. Oh, yeah. By, like, by, by, a, quite by a lot. lot. Yeah. And, and music, by the way. Um, yeah. that, that's her thing. So anyway, I, uh, I'm more aware than ever of how many moments in this household I am uh, just like fighting with my kids to do something. To clean up after themselves, to not pick up the cat, um, to to not like you know uh, make a mess of the kitchen, and there are these constant like just like micro um, battles, you know, where I just feel it sucks, and they all build up, and we're all around each other so much, yeah, and there's I'm no just, vent for it, yeah, right, and um, I know I'm not being an effective parent, but I also know, and it's just you know it frustrates me when. Every like getting out of the house or cleaning up after they've just like put Play-Doh everywhere turns into such an event, you know, like you want your kids to just understand you just made a mess and now it has to get cleaned up. Right. Um, and I guess, you know, I haven't really paused to think about how I really um, manage this or, or how I approach it. And so when I saw these articles, um, which which really look at you know how certain societies um, outside of our Western culture 
have dealt with this, um, and particularly um, groups that are, you know, probably more, um, uh, what's the word? Like have stayed true. Self-sufficient. Yeah, they're more self-sufficient, and they've been parenting in this way for, you know, generations and generations, as opposed to what is more sort of modern parenting, right, that we've come to... um, follow around you know we've talked a lot about the idea of sort of how households now center around kids right in ways mm-hmm. that societies right. didn't used to um but and she so, worked with like inuit populations and other like, exactly you know, indigenous peoples and things and right yeah right and she had a three-year-old at the time when she was um doing some of that research and so obviously it was very um you know it meant something <laughs> important to her as well so i want to dig into what she shares but first i just want to um pause and like am, am i crazy are you experiencing what i've just described in your household or is everything just you know peaceful and aside from ripley destroying everything you know what's going on there uh it's worse than ever it's it's <laughs> it's truly worse than ever and it's a, a matter that's why immediately when you suggested this i was like yep that's what we're talking about yeah because just just this last weekend specifically yesterday this was like a huge issue. So if I could unplug right now, but I can't because I have 700 guitars around me, I would walk you over to the kids' room down the hallway, and you would see that it basically looks like some sort of a bomb exploded in it. And that is after it's been cleaned like multiple times yes, in the last week. Yes. It is just it is a constant battle to upkeep it. And that is a small micro uh, aggressor to me right like as a parent that's just this sort of constant idea of like they keep making these huge messes but there's no follow-up to it until there's like a huge follow-up and it has to become this thing where we have to set aside time we have to just like fight and hem and haw and redo the whole room exhausting and then it's and then it's like within 20 minutes it's it's a mess again right yep yep but it's also of course not just cleaning it's also the chores you know and and just the regular maintenance of of a household so for example you know, I mentioned on this podcast a very long time ago, back around like October, I think, that we had been doing this thing where every day of the week had, a, except for Sunday, had a different chore category assigned. Oh to yeah, it, yeah, right. And as a family, we would do that. You know, so so Monday through Saturday, there was sort of one bucket of chores we were focusing on, mm-hmm. and that was going really, really well until two things happened. One was Micah started going to these very long shifts. And I started dealing with depression and anxiety. And the, the, the one-two punch of those things just obliterated our routine with cleaning. Right. And I noticed that although now we're getting back into it more, mm-hmm. um, the kids still, they kind of lost that that idea that we should always be sort of in a in a small maintenance mindset where mm. we should be just responsible for like keeping the house together. And that, I think, to me, has been something that Maybe it's because I'm just exhausted because of where we're living in uh, yes. in, in our lives and just the amount of stuff going on. But like, I kind of don't want to do that extra step anymore of using every opportunity to upkeep the house as a learning opportunity. Right. And now I know that Michelin star suggests <laughs> that th- there's something really great about uh, taking into account the fact that they're not going to be as good at it as you are and that it will uh. probably create more time and it will be more difficult. And I do remember back in the late summer, early fall, when we were really good about these daily chore activities, that like that was part of the equation was that we were going to have to go back down after they went to bed and fix a lot of mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But just the, the sort of activity was really great. And, uh, and I have not been able to recapture that for myself or for them since because, like, for example, like I have to if, if I don't book time on my work calendar to do chores during the week. Like we are really behind on housekeeping stuff, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's it's just a, there's a lot of work to do, 
And so reintegrating the kids into that is something that I personally am struggling with and I can definitely relate to. Yeah. So, I mean, my hope in this episode is that we can, you know, dig a little bit more into some of the lessons that she's sharing here to try them out. Right. And then maybe touch base again in a future episode on how that's going. Um, Because I imagine a lot of uh, parents are there and now more than ever because, you know, everybody's home so much more. And I feel like weekends where, you know, often we'd be out for a a big part of the weekend now, you know, especially in the winter, we've been inside a lot more. And therefore, the house, as you say, within 20 minutes, you know, we can spend Saturday morning cleaning it. And then all of a sudden, you know, by the night, it's just a, a, a disaster again. Um, and it's tough because it is exhausting uh, on two fronts. One, just to like always be nagging, you know, and it just it doesn't feel good no, <laughs> to do that. Like shit. It and feels... I hate the sound of our voices like Micah and I will, oh. be, will be like, do you realize how many things we've said this weekend that have been like complaining or, right. or like whining or trying to pressure them into doing something right even just yes. going on hikes like we went on this long hike yesterday and i i feel like even in that context the amount of time i spent saying don't step on the ice or you're gonna slip or like stop swinging from tree branches is gonna break or like don't jump on luna's back like a horse because she's gonna jump off a cliff and you're gonna die <laughs> she's not a griffin like just the i feel like there's this generalized amount of like nitpickiness i think you're spot us. on that, go, and, that kind of transcends this conversation, but it's there anyway, you know? No, totally. And actually, it speaks directly to, I think, how Michelin did some of this um, research, which is to actually record um, the exchanges that these kids were having throughout the day in different society or different, you know, communities. Right. Um, and the distinction between, you know, Western groups or societies and how many times we were just, like, commanding our kids to do things, ordering it versus some of these others where kids were, like, just much more proactive um, and it was far fewer times that their parents had to ask them to do stuff. Um, and, and it's not just the asking to do stuff and the commands, but also I feel like I'm just having to, um, discipline so much more, you know, like I mentioned Luke and he's picking up the cat or, you know, I, Luke especially is at that age now where it just feels like he's testing yeah, those he's boundaries constantly yeah. and he's so damn cute. So he just gets away with way more than he should, which is my fault. Um, but I'm just constantly doing the like, you know, it's a very distinct, like guttural, like Luke, you know, <laughs> and I Luke. hate it. I hate it every time, but I can't even, it's, it's like, it just comes out at this point. Um, so, so, you know, we actually did experiment with this a little bit this weekend. It was before I had even read the article, but we were making pancakes. Right. And Luke actually, you know, we thought Grace was the chef in the family, but Luke is just anytime he sees us in the kitchen wants to be helping. Really? And for the most part, um, you know, I think we've been pretty good about like letting him do that. You know, I always kind of involve him in mixing the ingredients and all that. But I do always stop short, right? Like I, I don't let him usually crack the egg because then I know, you know, he's going to get egg on his hand and it's going to get shells in the thing. And I don't want to have to deal with him doing it wrong, right? Which is, I think, a common thing here when it comes to a lot of these tasks. Um, or I don't want him to do something because it's, it's a little dangerous, right? Like something on the stove. So I do always sort of let him help to an extent, which obviously is still, you know, a sound approach, I think. But where you draw that line, I think is interesting. And it got me, this got me thinking about it. Um, you know, literally she has this example of um, allowing them to make scrambled eggs in the morning, a four-year-old, right? Um, in this article that we'll, we'll share. And I hadn't read it yet, but Bethany had read it. And we we're in this moment where, Luke wanted to help me flip some pancakes. <laughs> and so, you know, Bethany, having just read the article, was like, all right, this is like exactly what she was using as an example. Right. Let's try it out, you know? So so obviously, you know, we're right there with him. 
and Luke wanted to, he, so he took the spatula and was like flipping pancakes. And first of all, he actually shockingly wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. Like I just figured it would just be a total disaster and we'd have to throw them all away. Um, but he actually managed to flip the pancakes. Did he was, do it? Which was pretty cute. You know, it oh, was definitely like Look at that. like a halfway thing, you know, and it, it got a little messier than it would have otherwise. But it was fine. Yeah, he's a three-year-old flipping a pancake. That's pretty so, impressive. Well, right, exactly. Um, well, I, I also haven't shared any of his updates about him riding a bike, which is like the thing that every day is bringing me joy now because he's like completely riding on his own now. Forget about wow, Grace, really? a five-year-old. Yeah, I, I started him after Christmas on um, a real bike, and he's just been like fucking amazing. Every day he rides to daycare on it now. Um, That's incredible. Is yeah, it weird really for you cool. as somebody who didn't start riding a bike until oh, the age of 48 it, like to see this happening? He might as well be getting like the Nobel Prize every day. That's how proud I feel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just watch him, and I'm just because you couldn't my, ride a bike before my last heart year, is right? Full. This was that's this right, was like I, an adult development for you. That's yeah. right. His dad was 34 when he learned how to ride a bike, yeah. and he was three, three yeah. fucking years old, and he's riding like a pro. You know, it's the cutest thing just to see this little body. You have training on a wheels? Bike? Um, no, no training wheels. He's just really? using. No, no, he's like totally on his own. Wow! And, he's, and he goes down these steep ass hills. And, the Martian you know, landscape. Yeah, <laughs> is it one? Is it like a pedal? Is it a pedal bike or is it like a foot? One of those ones where his feet are down. It's it's a pedal bike. It's just so a regular bike. We Good started him. him on a balance bike first, and a then bike, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so this is like one area where I do feel good as a parent for like yeah. letting for setting an expectation that's higher than you think it could be. You know what I mean? I think that's something behind a lot of this. It's like mm-hmm. you, you I, I would never in my life, especially as someone who didn't learn how to ride a bike until he was thirty four have thought that a three-year-old could ride a bike. I remember us having a conversation about how impressed we were about Calvin, right? A friend of Grace's who was four years old right. um, riding. And that, to me, was, like, astounding. Yeah. So I, it wouldn't you. have, it wouldn't have occurred to, have to me. to have another kid now and have that kid ride a bike at, at <laughs> two just to really rub it in. I mean, the balance bike thing makes a huge difference. So he started on a balance bike, no training wheels, just, like, you know, being able to use his hand, uh, his feet, right, to, to go. Uh, yeah, his <laughs> Very impressive. Um, and the balance bike had a had one um, handle handle brake, right? So that's a huge yeah. game changer as yes. well. Forget about the fucking pedal brakes because those just are confusing. Right. Um, and so we got him a womb, which was the one that um, Finn, who was on our show, had recommended, yeah. right? Yeah, and I totally, I totally get it now. Yeah, it's expensive. It was like three hundred for a kid's bike, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, but you carbon know, carbon fiber. Yeah, carbon fiber. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it's it's it bring it it brings me so much joy to see him each day, and he just loves it, and he's so good at it. So, um, so that's awesome. But now back to the pancake flipping, right? So he does that, and like th- things are going fine. Bethany takes over with him, and she's doing it with him. I'm sitting eating pancakes, because um, usually I'm always the last friggin' person. I always cook stuff, and I'm like I always have stuff cold. So I thought I would take advantage of this and let Luke do the damn work, right? So. I look over though, and then I see this like, <laughs> it's the worst when you see your child get injured in a way that doesn't immediately generate tears or screaming, but yeah. is actually more like them processing it. Mm-hmm. So he had started to fall. He was standing on a stool, and Bethany was right there, but she was like looking away for a minute, and he started to fall, and he he caught himself by putting his hand on, on the, stove. the griddle. Yes. Yeah. So this is <sighs> so this is exactly why. We in the past chose not to allow him, right, to help. Right. So right. thanks for this, Michelin. <laughs> Just kidding. So his pinky goes on it, and you know it, it's fine. Like he's he's fine. It definitely it bubbled up, and it was painful for that it day. It bubbled up. It, it was like you know serious enough, right? It, it was wasn't just like burn. A, yeah, did you, exactly. Did you, but you iced it. 
So we iced and, it, and then on it yep, and aloe, and you know yeah, okay. we've been following up. He I, actually after the first day, he hasn't even been complaining about it. It's more just that he likes getting band aids now, right? Um, so well, thankfully, he's using his hands to push a balance bike, so you know they're yeah. very tough. They're very calloused <laughs> at this point. Well, thankfully, it wasn't worse, um, and I'm not like, I guess word is still out on whether I went too far and and letting him just do that right or whether that was over the edge in terms of his um safety right because that's always a calculation you have to make and it's different for every kid um but you know the point i guess i'm i wanted to dig into a little bit there is just like where do we set the expectation right for what kids can and can't do and how often this is something that michelin talks about a lot how often are we in a position where they want to help and we are actually cutting off that innate desire in them to like be involved Mm-hmm. constantly we're saying no you can't do that i have to do that that's for an adult to do and i you know i find myself doing that so often even though i generally feel like i try to involve him the 50 percent of the time i say no you can't do that and it's having me rethink that automated response to say like why why not give them a way to be involved in all of the things that we do so that that is just you know that cultivates their um desire to be helpful Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, so this was, uh, you know, I, I just read this today, but I, I feel like last night um, I really could have used this because we were making Henry's favorite thing, which is salmon. It's his favorite food. That's so awesome. I, I guess at this point we're, <laughs> we're kind of pescatarian-ish. I don't, I don't really know what we're doing. We're just, you know, we haven't like made a decision on what Eat we Eat whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But he lo- I mean, fish have a lot of great vitamins and minerals. And oh, he of loves course. salmon yeah. and we already had a bunch of it in the freezer. So anyway, so, That's so it's, it's his favorite thing, you know, and I was doing, I was doing salmon with, uh, you know, rice and broccoli and a couple other things. And, and I wanted him to uh, obviously be a part of it. Right. And gut the fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Clean, <laughs> fillet the salmon. It was very, catch it with his teeth. Um, <laughs> And of, of course, like this is so I have three different, you know, I had two cast iron things cooking at the same time because I had the broccoli in one before I could deglaze it and put it in with the salmon. Then I have the rice going. It's boiling in the back. So the whole stove is like, you know, ripping and tearing at this right. point. And it's like and an orchestra, right? Out. Timing everything. And, and you yeah. have to time it out, right? And also we, we had a pretty limited amount of time to get this done because I wanted to make sure it was getting late. and We're trying to get the kids to bed earlier. So anyway, long story short, you know, I wanted him to be involved. And I asked him to come, like, keep me company, you know, mm-hmm. which which seemed like a good kind of entree. So he was like, yeah, sure. Sure. You know, pulled, up, yeah. pulled up a chair, which was great. Yeah. But then I noticed that the whole time I was, like, just over and over again nagging him about not touching the stovetop. Yeah, yeah. And the reality is he wasn't touching the stovetop. He was just <laughs> close to it, right? Yes, yes. But my anxiety level, as soon as he came up there, I was like, hey, there's knives out. There's, like, raw ingredients out. There's this stove that's extremely hot right now. And, uh, and I was so focused on that that I wasn't able to do the sort of like enrichment participatory stuff that I feel like I used to be better at with him. And I really feel like part of this is just my level of anxiety is just more than it used to be just yeah. as, as a baseline. Well, every day, that absolutely. I can which I think relate is, to that. I think it's okay to like kind of admit that to yourself. Oh, of course. But I also think like there was no reason why he couldn't have helped. Like he asked if he could flip the the um, the salmon fillets over in the in the 12 inch cast iron. Right. And I said no, because I'm thinking to myself, a cast iron pan going at, you know, a seven out of 10 heat is like going to burn the shit out of him. If of he course. It yeah. In the wrong way. But the reality is, is like it would burn the shit out of me too. Right. So right. I, what do I do? I put on a glove. He, there's no reason he couldn't have just done that, and I couldn't have just helped him with it. Yeah, there are ways to actually allow him to do it safely, right? Uh, the yeah. glove is a good point. Maybe that's a maybe that's a takeaway for me next time with Luke. Right. <laughs> but you know what? The fact that he did get burned is also, you know, that it's is part a, of the obviously. Point. 
It is, you know, anyway. obviously I, I'm glad he didn't get burned in a more, you know, sort of long-term impact way. Right. Um, but I know that he's going to be more careful now. Um, and like, you know, he just, he loves to be involved in the cooking. So next time he does want to mix the more ingredients, put it, you know, break an egg or do things that I typically would just not allow because I know it's going to create more of a mess. That's what I have to get over, right? That's me yeah. like having issues with it more than it is about him. And, and I feel like... We're losing out by those sort of every single decision we make to not engage them, I think, is is doing us and the whole family a disservice because it's showing them that, you know, we'll take care of that. Right. And you yeah. do your you just Which go play. Yeah. It sets up this weird, this unnecessary division between the reality is it's like. So if you create more dishes to do, that's also more dishes that they can help you with, right? And if they help you and it makes more of a mess by splashing soap on the ground, then you can just take care of that later. But like there will be a time at the end of the day where you and your partner or just you or whomever can go and like kind of tidy up all of the loose ends by having all of this like extra activity in there. But yeah. you're missing out on time together because what am I doing when the kids aren't helping and when Micah's at work? I'm like, go play a video game or like go go upstairs yes. and, and break shit. You know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna be here slaving away alone. Which That's right. sucks because I miss them, you know? It totally does. So I'm. Th this is really inspiring me to take a more holistic approach to this again. And to, and to, you know, I feel like I used to be better. And I feel like the COVID anxiety has kind of thrown me off of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking back to the ways behaviorally they have changed. Of course, their anxiety is up too, but like yeah. this this constant nagging is something that's happening, I think, because it's this, it's this Ouroboros, right? Where like I'm starting off from a place where I'm kind of like, you know, we don't have as much time as we normally would to get things done, you know, especially on when Mike, when Micah's, you know, staying late and closing at the clinic or something like that. I, I have just a lot that I have to get done before they go to bed. Yeah. So I kind of want to move more quickly and then I move more quickly and they don't end up helping with it. And then they want to help, but they can't because it's going to slow things down and make it dangerous. And then my anxiety is going to go up. And then the next day I'm going to be like, you know, it wasn't worth it. And it just kind of goes around in a circle and then they give up on the idea of even helping right and they just right. do their thing and then by the time why they're would teenagers, they not i mean like right. why would they want to do that and then by the time they're teenagers when we do want them to help and establish this concept of chores and all that um it's too late you yeah, know and they, the baseline has shifted like she yeah. says right yeah. like the, yeah. the baseline becomes that they don't help because that's what we're going to do and we're going to take care that's of our it. job and, and they're not good at it or something or they're not yes. talented at it which is such bullshit right right um, and the last thing I want to say before we wrap is that to me, the the we're missing out on part of the point of all of this in the first place, right? The point, like the way to learn something, at least in my experience, but I think in most scientific literature, is to make mistakes as you're Absolutely. apprehending something, right? Yes. You're supposed yes. to do that so that over time you can get better and you can start off in a place where you're not great at it. Just like we've talked about during this pandemic over and over again, right? Oh, yeah. Starting a new hobby and sucking at it, but just doing it and then over time you learn and you grow and you be develop this self-confidence that you can figure it out even if you're not great at it right away completely and not involving our kids in that process and not embracing the fact that they're not good at it like why would they be good at it they're children they, <laughs> exactly. they don't know how to do this yet so let them give them a constructive space to screw that up right and yep. then they will they will know that that's normal for one thing and that that's a skill that they can apply to other things as they go through schooling, right? But if they don't pick up trigonometry the first time around, like that's, <laughs> that's okay because like you're kind of not supposed to. You're supposed to screw around with it until you get it, you know? That's and right. I think, yeah, we're, we're missing out on a lot of like life lesson opportunities by not involving them in the first place. I think we are. And also the how they treat each other as well, right? Because, you know, I can hear it in Grace and the way that she talks to Luke echoing how we treat them often with yeah. commands, right? And yeah. that's just not what we want to be modeling with our kids. Yeah. So 
I think, you know, one practical takeaway there too is just um, involving them more. And, you know, she recommends this idea of giving them subtasks, right? So it's not like you have to say, go clean the house. But if you're in, in the process of cleaning, give them an activity to be involved with you. Um, and I just, you know, my biggest takeaway is like integrating more of this so that it isn't, as you say, you know, we're looking at cleaning and the chores as just this thing that has to get done to create more space so that we can have family time or something right. that we want to do. But, that but is actually, the time. that's right. You know, right. and I know that we're going to know that and feel it later in life. But like, let's be in the moment and let's let's do it together. And I know it's easier said than done, but um, I'd love to try this out and, and let's come back to it and, and maybe we can do a follow up. Yeah, there's like there's so much more that I want there to say. There is a lot know, more. But, but you have to go pick up your child, and I have to go into a meeting, and we're going to revisit this. And we also have Peter from the Midwest coming back at some point in the near future to talk about a similar idea, which is like, how can you safely engage in things that are kind of dangerous with the kids, like going outdoors, <laughs> snowboarding, cooking, cooking, in a way that like makes it, you know, so that it's okay to make mistakes, but it isn't actually going to, you know severely interesting break them what's what's the line there and i think that's something as parents we uh we need to like check ourselves on sometimes because i am being overprotective because i think i'm just anxious you know and i think and this yeah. conversation's helping a lot with that. we're gonna create anxious uh, adults if we don't check this so yeah. I, I really look forward to that conversation with people in the midwest as well check it before you wreck it that's right boy thank you my friend <laughs> all right everybody i'll talk to you later bye